Hey guys, welcome back to the Hashtag Anxiety Podcast. I am Cassie Gobb here, as always, with the most amazing Lola B. Hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. I feel like I say this every time. I'm excited about this episode because we are answering questions. Yes. And I don't know if I've said this before, but I call our listeners happies, like hashtag anxiety podcast, happies. I feel like it fits. I feel like it fits. So we have questions from, from happies. We have questions from people who stop us on the street. (laughs) That's not true. I don't have anybody stop me on the street, but you know, people do ask questions. So I'm excited uh, to, to try and figure out the answers because I don't really know what the questions, I mean, we kind of know the questions, but not a lot. So Cassie knows more than I do because she's cultivated and curated that's the word I'm after curated the questions from from folks so I'm excited I'm ready all righty let's jump right into it so the first question is what is the worst and the best thing about having anxiety Mm, okay I'll jump in and do this one first and then I want to hear yours uh the best thing about having anxiety is that I get shit done. So for me, anxiety, sometimes anxiety can be paralyzing. Um, And if it's, if I'm really, really anxious, then I can be paralyzed. And I've talked about that before, but for the most part, it just that um, type A piece in me just gets extra boost. And I just jump in and get stuff done. The worst thing about having anxiety is the peeing. And I don't know, maybe I'm the only one, maybe I'm the only one who has this as an anxiety side effect. But when I get super anxious and my adrenaline is running high, uh, I'm then I have to pee on a, on a continual basis for a significant amount of time after. So you know, once the anxiety comes up while I'm anxious, I also have to pee, but then especially after the anxiety has gone. And then I'm like, Oh boy, this is, this is a thing that's going to last for a minute. So that's, that's my best and worst. Let's hear yours. Oh, I had a different worst. I was going to say, but I also have the peeing and last week's episode was all about sleep. Yeah. I probably pee seven times before I go to bed. It has to be the very last thing I do before I fall asleep because I'm so anxious that I'll be sleeping and I'll have to get up (laughs) and pee and then that'll, then I'll never get back to sleep. So my, I think the best part, I agree with you. I think that having anxiety makes me very productive and prepared essentially for any and everything that could possibly be thrown my way just because I'm anxious about everything. So yeah. Uh, that definitely is a beneficial part of having anxiety. And other than peeing, I think the worst part is it's just exhausting. Yeah. When you have high anxiety or you're anxious about stuff, it just takes so much energy. So I think that that is the worst part for me. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. When I'm highly anxious, then, you know, and finally that anxiety gets to subside. Uh, I think I've mentioned this for my other job, uh, my real job, because this is fun. So for my real job, I uh, have to host webinars on a regular basis, and they're very, very well attended. Hundreds and hundreds of people attend those webinars, and it's extremely stressful for me because... (laughs) technology is not my friend and things never, ever, ever go smoothly. So my anxiety is at like a nine and a half, sometimes maybe even a 10 for two solid hours leading up to it for the hour long webinar. And then, you know, shortly thereafter, as I'm, you know, fielding stuff and questions and that kind of thing. And uh, once that's done, I feel like I've been run over by a truck. 
and if I could curl up in a ball and go to bed, I would. So I, I feel that it's, it is, it can be really exhausting. All right. Our next question, when and how do you talk to someone you're dating about your anxiety? Yeah, you go first. You go first. Oh, gosh. Uh, I feel like I don't, ah, I'm trying to think how I did it before. I don't know that I have like a set rule of you should talk about it on day one, day three. I feel like people just know when they, maybe that's not true. Cause I didn't know when I met you, like you and I have known each other for a long time and I did not know to the extent or even a little bit, I think of the anxiety that you experience until you told me and we that which is how this podcast came to be you know we ended up just chatting about something and it ended up where we're both like holy crap you too holy crap you too you know so I I would never have known had you not told me it's really interesting because I don't know if I've ever actually dated someone been like listen I have anxiety yeah I think it comes out for me anyway more of a anger or a frustration or a complainy thing and then I'm like listen I'm not really upset about that I'm just really anxious for whatever reason yeah good for you I think that's similar to me I've evolved into that because that certainly wasn't the case for a long time uh, when I was married I, I I didn't really recognize it as anxiety and so um although I think my <laughs> I think my ex-husband totally recognized it as anxiety, but I, you know, looking back, I was clearly anxious. I think he kind of thought I was a pain in the ass and high maintenance, and it took a while for me to figure out what was really going on. You know, that just, like I said, it kind of evolved. Now, as a single person, and I haven't dated a lot during the pandemic, surprise, I mean, there's just I'm I'm not going to the bar during the pandemic or probably ever, but you know, that's a whole nother podcast. But nonetheless, for me, I don't feel like I come right out, like you said, on the first date and say, hey, by the way, let me tell you about all the mental health issues that I have. I feel like my dating life would be even less than it is now if I started out all my conversations like that. But humor gets me a long ways. And so, you know, as I'm you know, spending time with someone, whether it's someone I'm romantically interested or a new friend or whatever, um, you know, as I'm spending time with them, it, it can become clear that, you know, that I'm anxious and I'll just say it, but I usually couch it with some sort of funny comment or a funny story, or let me tell you about how my anxiety kicked my ass last week or whatever, you know, and for me, that's more comfortable and easier for me to just be able to say the words and kind of spit it out. And, and I don't feel like somebody is entitled to that information. It's not like I, I'm like you, I don't feel like there's a particular time or a place and they're entitled to that information. For me, it's reducing my own anxiety about having anxiety and telling somebody that I have anxiety. So, you know, it's just easier to say, you know, what's going on and, or, you know, Hey, look at my cool worry stone or, you know, whatever, if, if it's appropriate in the moment, if I'm stressing about something. So for me, I feel like it's better if it's organic and that if I choose not to tell somebody it's totally okay, because they're not entitled to that information. I just want to have that anxiety release in my own body. So I might make a joke about something and say, yeah, welcome to my anxiety. 
I love that we can use humor. Uh, I also, it's been a long time since I dated or was dating someone new. And as I think about it, I think I probably don't talk about it and it just organically comes because yeah. it progresses and you're spending the night at someone's house. Like I'm going to check to make sure the stove is off. And then I just reassure you that I make sure that you are safe and the house isn't going to burn down and we're not going to die. And nobody right. has to be rescued by fire department or running outside in your underwear. So <laughs> you're welcome people. Uh, and then, and then it just organically probably goes from there. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's funny and smart. And I like it. Next up. What's your favorite mantra to say when you're anxious? Mm, okay, let's see. It depends on the level of anxiety. Uh, it, if it's a fairly low level of anxiety, then my favorite mantra is uh, nobody's dead. So we've talked about that before. Like, like you know, it's, it's all going to be fine. It, nobody's dead. Uh, if it's a more intense, uh, more serious anxiety, then uh, I love Glennon Doyle and I like her writing and her stuff. She says we can do hard things. And so I will say that in either in my own mind or out loud and say, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. And I did that a lot when having to go through some crazy stuff with my ex and going to court, um, all of that kind of stuff. There were some really intense periods where I thought I was drowning and like in my own skin, I really thought I was drowning. And so saying either in my mind or out loud, I can do hard things. And then subsequently now, sometimes I say I can do hard things, or I say I have done hard things because I have. And it's a reminder that I can, I can withstand a lot and I can do really hard things. So for me, those, those work know that I have mantras, but I do tell myself like, just keep going a lot. So if I'm mm. having anxiety in the middle of doing something, which is sometimes how it pops up, like you don't get anxious until you start doing things sometimes. Yeah. So I'll already be doing something, whether it's speaking in front of people or doing whatever. Uh, and I just can mentally like tell myself, like, just keep going, just keep going. That's a good one. I like that. So if anyone listening has their own mantra, we'd love to hear what it is. Yeah, for sure. So next up, what is your best coping mechanism? You go first because I'm already embarrassed about mine. So you just, you just go first. I think we talked about this when we very first talked about my OCD, that I count things a lot. Mm -hmm. So 12 or 16, those are my numbers. So one of my best coping mechanisms is actually counting because it will help calm my anxiety down. If I'm anxious and I'm out walking, I count my steps or do that. So that is one thing that I do. Uh, and the other thing is just EFT tapping in some of the cheat points, mm. squeezing the sides of my fingers or tapping uh, this point on my chest. I do those two things. Those are like my go-to in the moment need something quick fixes. Those are good. Um, well, my smart ass comment was going to be, uh, do you want me to tell you what are healthy coping skills? <laughs> uh, because if, if you're going to narrow it down to healthy coping skills, then my list is significantly shorter. So my healthy coping skills would be, I really like the worry stone that I have. I like that, um, I can put it in my pocket or I just like the smoothness of it. And I can put it in my pocket and rub it as I'm, you know, talking to somebody or doing whatever anxiety thing it is. And it, it's really calming for me. So I like that. Um, I like four, seven, eight breathing for me. It works really well and it works quickly for me. So if I, 
you know, have to do something like you said, speak in front of people, both you and I both have jaws where that's something we have to do on a regular basis. So four, seven, eight breathing, I can, I can do like two rounds. I can do it in 45 seconds and immediately feel calmer. So I, those two things are really helpful to me. So in case people didn't catch the episode where you talked about 478 breathing, do you want to do it real quick? Yeah, sure. So 478, oh gosh, I hope I get it right because now I'm anxious about it. Uh, So 478 means that you breathe in for four counts, you hold it for seven and you exhale for eight. We can do it right now. Okay, here we go. Okay, breathe in for four. Hold for seven. Exhale for eight. It's on the exhale part that I feel relief. The breathing in and the holding, I'm like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. (laughs) And then when I exhale for eight, it feels really good. I physically can feel a difference. So yeah, I love the pause at the top because the breathing in and out when you're Mm -hmm. anxious, then you can start like just hyperventilating. I like that you have to pause and become present and then exhale. Right, I agree. That's it for today, guys. We are going to leave you with that beautiful four, seven, eight breathing technique. Make sure to come back next Tuesday and join us as we answer a few more questions, share one more coping mechanism, and you get to find out who will survive a zombie apocalypse. Until then, have a great day and be well. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find us on Instagram at hashtag anxiety podcast. Hashtag is spelled out. And you can find me, Lola B, at rrlolab.com. And you can find me at Coach with Cassie or at CassieGob.com. We'll see you next week.